I can't keep it together, Dr. Venture. I'm sorry about the TVC-15. Tom, I'm not worried about that tin can. I'm worried about you. You're not dying on me, and that's an order. I've got a message for the action man. He's listening, Tom. Go ahead. I'm happy. Hope you're happy, too. I've loved all I need to love. <laughs> Don't talk like that, Tom. You're gonna make it. Fight it! I'm feeling very stiff. And I think my spaceship knows which way to go. Tell my wife I love her very much. She knows! Ground control to Major Tom. Your circuit's dead. There's something wrong. Can you hear me, Major Tom? Can you hear me? Major Tom! Ashes. To ashes. People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary And add this word to your vocabulary Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby I'm a nerd over time oh, I Thank you, Lord Greystoke. <laughs> this is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting from the Brett Cave on Wednesday, January 13th, 2016. It's the first podcast of the new year. And, of course, that was my fabulous announcer, our man in Los Angeles. I'm Dave Costa. And producing and running all the, the, the material, uh, the equipment, and there's wires, there's cables everywhere. Blinky lights. Uh, Rick Brett Snyder. Who shall now be called Blinky, Blinky lights. lights. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> anyway. When I'm part of the Blackhawks Black, Black group, I'm yeah, Blinky okay. Lights. Be Blinky Lights. Anyway. Uh, so, of course, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please rate us. Uh, please subscribe. Please tell your friends and... Uh, and, and, and please write a review if you have a moment. Uh, you can do the same on the Stitcher app. And, of course, you can find us at fanboyplanet.com, where each and every podcast has a page of its own that also includes handy-dandy Amazon links. So if we talk about something tonight, and we probably will, that you would like to have for your very own, uh, and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, support your small business, we believe that, then you can use the uh, Amazon links on our site to order something. We get a small kickback. Just click the link. And because we are also a small business of our own, if you just like the po- listening to the podcast and would like to help keep it alive, please use the PayPal link that is handy-dandy and present on every page at fanboyplanet.com. And, of course, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, if you're screaming at your iPod or your car stereo saying, you idiot, it's whatever trivia thing we can't remember, he write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. It depends on who you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, it might have been. Like, uh, wasn't there uh, one of Rob Liefeld's? Isn't there a forearm oh, yeah. character there? there definitely yeah, is. one of his X-Force. Yep. Um, so, anyway... Um, that's that's there. So we've got some co- a little bit of comics news, a little bit of movie news. We got a little TV news, but we want to talk top story this week is of course the sudden, unexpected, 
passing of David Bowie. And if you're listening mm-hmm. to this podcast, if you've listened to it normally, you do understand automatically what's the connection to da- of David Bowie to the fanboy planet. I think David Bowie made, I mean, his music was science fiction. His yeah. Many of his movies were, and even if the movies weren't, when he appeared in them, they, they were just a little science a little fiction. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, they were a little fantastic. So we want to take some time to talk about some of those connections and places you could go that uh, we think are great Bowie moments, which, of course, I mean, you got to start with the music because that's where he did. Um, we just want to talk about, of course, the monkeys. And everybody knows the monkeys. No, the monkeys connection is that he was Davy jo- David Jones but had to change his name because he didn't want to be confused with Davy Jones or the monkeys and became David Bowie. Uh, and the first big song. Well, first what? he became Tom Jones, then he became David Bowie. There was already a Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's Wait, David Bowie and Tom Jones are the same person? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, then this is the greatest charade in the history of popular music. Greater than the belief that Madonna has a British accent. So Sovereign had many faces. <laughs> the so- it's just some guy who wanted to look like David Bowie. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment, of course. But you start in 1969 with Space Oddity, which is... I don't think you could even count how many science fiction, and not even science fiction, movies and television shows use that song to give it sort oh, yeah. of the, you know, um, out there thing. I was listening to uh, 80s pop music today on, on uh, the Sirius radio and that other one, Peter Schilling. Like, I was irritated oh, yeah. that, that, that when, when that song came out, that Major Tom, that was like, no, that's Bowie's music. You can't, you can't steal that character. But I mean, there's the influence of a popular culture character in a song that became so great somebody else wrote a sequel song to it yeah and, and as well as bowie himself in ashes to ashes sure which uh you know was also played in it's more of a retrospective song for him yes yeah. and then used I, i'm trying to think if that was used in of course life on mars was used in life on mars yep. but i think ashes to ashes may have been at one point as well uh I, I'm, I'm remembering some i know a lot of tv shows used ashes yeah. to ashes a surprising yeah. amount as as well as uh, you know, I was thinking recently the last season of American Horror Story, a freak show, used "Life on Mars" several times. Uh, uh, Jessica Lange sang it in a Marlena Dietrich accent. Interesting, which is like all of Bowie's persona coming. Dietrich, Dietrich, okay. I think you know. But it's all you know. It's all his persona kind of coming together in Jessica Lange performing yeah. it in a yeah. g- dramatic singing life on mars and uh you know magnificent moment that was the moment that i fell in love with freak show quite honestly because it's like that was a perfect song i will someday do a massive watching of all seasons of freak show i haven't watched much of any of it uh, american horror story american horror yeah. story I, yeah. i'd say the whole thing. Uh, i'd say you know the best one so far really is freak show so maybe start mm. there because you don't need to i mean i know it goes back and forth in time and they are They're sort of interconnected and, yeah 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 so, uh, although Lady Gaga won a Golden Globe, Lady Gaga did. Yeah, oh, I didn't. Does anybody pay attention to the Golden Globes? Okay, I watched. Uh, because I, I think, watched the whole thing. I think she broke up nicely on that. I think it's funny that uh, that you know the other thing when you speak of the Golden Globes that there's been this clip from extras going around with David Bowie making fun of Ricky Gervais. <coughs> Uh, singing Sad Little Fat Man, uh, you know, and, and it was just, so it was horrible news Sunday night, you know, that I come back from rehearsal from Shakespeareans and I was about to go to bed. I was making sure everything was okay for work in the morning. And then yeah. suddenly somebody's posting, I can't believe David Bowie died. No, it's a hoax. Yeah. 
And, and let me speak again to how horrible journalism is that I actually read the BBC obituary and I thought that the BBC had been taken in because it was so poorly written and missing facts and, you know, it was just odd. So I had yeah, a little debate with Mike Carlin about that. Of all things, I was trying to be really productive Sunday night, so I had turned off my email, I had turned off Facebook, and I was just – I had – I just finished up and I turned on the TV news that night and that's how I heard it. And I can't think the last time TV news broke a story for me that I yeah, didn't already hear about on that's Facebook. Interesting. So obviously so we, we speak a lot of the music There's a, and because uh, he just released that album, uh, Black Star, on Friday, his 69th birthday. Uh, great music video. Very much uh, kind of, a, you know, you're getting that Very, Pan's Labyrinth vibe. Yeah. Uh and, uh, you know, it, it was chilling in, in retrospect, uh, but released on his 69th birthday and then passing away two days later, keeping secret from most people that he had been fighting liver cancer. Did you see that he had done a, a photo shoot three days before he died? It's not actually the way they phrase it. Most people took it to mean that. They just yeah. said these are the last official photos. There were a couple of shots that were obviously posed of him. Yeah, I know. mean, but even in the video... It's like when Freddie Mercury died, and if you had the last, you saw him. You had, but when you had the last Queen album, and you'd listen to that right. and say, "There is no way that man was dying because the strength, the power of yeah. his, of his art is coming." Yeah, but he was, you know. So um, that is, yeah. I definitely recommend uh, Black Star, which does have a bit of a sci-fi vibe as well. Um, the video uh, for. That's not the song. It's uh, Lazarus is the yeah. is the song that has with him looking kind of pan's labyrinthy with the uh, with the wrapping with around the wrap his, on uh, his, his face with the buttons dots, on his eyes. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's talk about speaking of pan's labyrinth. Let's talk about some of his film things. And Lazarus is the big connection because even as he was fighting cancer and knew this was one of his last works was uh, that he wrote an off Broadway sequel to not his actual first film but the first movie that people really got paid attention to the man who fell to earth uh which was probably mind-blowing to all of us can i tell you uh, uh, please my my story about man who tell your man who fell to earth story i saw that at the plaza cinema um and when it was first run and it struck it's it struck me so much there were so many interesting alien and cool futurific ideas like remember the crystal um, cubes mm-hmm. that were where music was stored and yes. stuff and like non moving. And, f- and gee, how far off is that? Not very. I know that's what I'm saying. Is like I read the book first, but I, I never read and, the book. And- <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some horrible creature coming out of oh, no, no. Rick's throat. I I I have only seen that movie once. As have I only because I never wanted to see it except in Toto and. Every time it's been on TV, it's the middle or something. It's the middle or something, and I keep on. It's I, I know right now. It's probably you can't check it out at Netflix if they even have it. They don't. Oh, okay, <laughs> I checked. Yeah, but I mean, even on streaming, I mean, um, just like when Peter O'Toole died, there were a few like key movies that I really wanted to like. I, I want to watch, and they're just not available right now. Yeah. But it was really an interesting examination of an alien passing himself off as human. Mm-hmm. And then the transformation from human to alien was, f- for something so fantastic, it was very realistic. And surprisingly effective for 1976. Yeah. you know, And we're talking you know, serious sci-fi before a little thing called Star Wars changed everything. But, um, but the idea that he'd used his technology to gain so much wealth to protect himself as an alien 
on the planet, you know. Right, and, 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 and meant to protect, I mean, it's one of those movies. Uh, Nate, have you seen it? Have you ever seen The Man Who Fell to Earth? I have not. Uh, okay. The only one of these movies I've seen is Labyrinth. Okay, okay. well, we'll get there. Uh, so anyway, he wrote an off-Broadway sequel that opened in, I believe, early December called Lazarus. And the song is uh, in that as well. Uh-huh. And the director of that show did post this week. He said that even he, that Bowie, during the collaboration, ba- called him and, ba- and said, you know, I, I want to be there as much as possible, but this is why there will be times I simply cannot. Uh-huh. And he said, you know, he knew at the opening of Lazarus that he put on a brave face for everyone and posed really well. And then as soon as the lights are down, He's gone. He, you know, he, he, it was, you could tell it wasn't long, but that what he said to the director that night was, I want to do another one. And so was, you know, creative to the end. And in fact, I don't know if he managed to do this or not, but I love this connection that uh, he was due to contribute a song to the upcoming SpongeBob SquarePants Broadway musical. I'd heard that. Because he is a big sponge, was a big SpongeBob fan. And if you haven't found it, and I know it's on a DVD of its own, is uh, Atlantis Square Pantis. Uh, he plays the Lord High Counselor Chancellor of Atlantis, which is sort of like a variation on uh, Jeremy the Boob from Yellow Submarine. And okay. So uh, I don't think he does the voice in the video game, but there's there was also a video game adaptation of it, but part of it was a big deal that, oh, David Bowie, and he's like, well, his daughter watches it, so he became a fan, <laughs> and so he was agreeing to do... You know how I know about this? From listening to a panel discussion with Doc Hammer talking about it. hmm It was a great... It was a funny episode, and if you didn't know it was David Bowie, it was, a, you know, it was like he went kind of weirdly cockney and didn't sound like mm. what you'd think you'd get from David Bowie, so he yeah. just did a real, you know, voice character, and... Uh, so I don't know if that's going to happen. There's a lot of different contributors to that musical, and I don't know where that sits, if he had done a song for it or not, but he was one of the announced contributors when it was first announced. So then, of course, yeah, most people, uh, what I see, especially among uh, my kids, their friends, and nieces and nephews is, of course, Labyrinth. Yeah. Mysteriously, uh, I've not exposed most of uh, the nieces and nephews to uh, Man Who Fell to Earth or The Hunger, but uh, <laughs> Labyrinth is the big one where I think a lot of people... He, well, he sings in it too. I mean, he, he sings. He performs. He's, he, he's, he's got he is the he is when he is on. I mean, I love Jennifer Connelly, but when he's on stage, when I mean, he's on, on no, but screen, it feels no. It is on stage. It him. is on stage. Yeah. It is Jareth the Goblin it's King. It's David Bowie. Sure. Show. It, it absolutely is. Uh, and in fact, we're going to go over to Seven Stars Bar and Grill tonight and hope to catch a bit of it uh, with a with a drink and and uh, tribute like minded tribute to fans. David Bowie. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny that I really felt like like that when the announcement came of just like I post a lot on Facebook of well, this is my favorite. No, this is my favorite. No, this is my favorite yeah. song. And real and realizing that he's not had not been in recent years an artist that I listened to a lot, but that so much was in my blood. You know, I, that that I knew these songs, and I was listening to the tribute on Sirius today, and going, oh, like, oh, yeah, that's right, that song, oh yeah, that song, and just yeah. kind of the last album of his I really went nuts over was um, I can't remember the name of it, it was the one with the Picasso, the Picasso song in it. No, um, I don't know. Yeah, it was a couple of years back, but I mean, the weird thing, and not realizing, is Black Star is like is the first time he's 
had a number one album in the United States. Like, but everybody knows his music. Oh yeah. But he, ne- but it never actually sold as well as you would think for how, again, in the culture, right? It, how deeply in the culture it is embedded. Uh, so yeah, we, we've got Labyrinth, The Hunger. I mentioned. Oh man, The Hunger. What a. I mean that that film just drips with with effect and and just sinister another one strangely love. where i read the book first whitley, really? Str- whitley striber's oh uh, man i didn't uh, even know what came from a book who was the fe- uh, the uh catherine Deneuve oh yeah and susan sarandon oh man and i believe it's tony scott as the director so i mean that, really stylish and, and that that predates and uh and rice no it doesn't doesn't it no no it, it predates the adaptation to film of Anne okay. Rice. Anne Rice was in the seventies with Interview with the Vampire. Okay, I'm trying. I can't place when I when no uh, the other film was. No, the Hunger so was timeless. The Hunger was uh, mid eighties. Was it mid eighties? Because okay. it's you know they're oh, yeah, satirizing yeah, yeah. the club scene. That's you know true. that's why they're cruising yeah, yeah. that club scene. Uh, but right. uh, playing no. Bella Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus. No, as I can. They go. I can place it now. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, just just such a. I mean the. The Metropolitan Vampire, again, someone with who's been around forever and has so much wealth, they basically have this building to themselves and all the strange, yeah, very moody, very atmospheric. Uh, just that, that film creeped me out at the same time it was drawing me in. It really feels like you're under a, yeah. a, a spell. The one I really want to find right now, and I didn't, I didn't write it down, but it was one that just absolutely transfixed me. It was Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Have you ever seen that? I've film? never seen that one. It's by the director uh, who did In the Realm of the Senses, the okay. Japanese film. Uh, so uh, he's a British prisoner of war mm. in a Japanese camp, Japanese uh, prison camp. I and, think I've seen pictures, but I don't and uh, it's. He is so mesmerizing in in that he's not the lead, but it's definitely yeah. Uh, you know, it, Tom Conti is actually the titular Mr. Lawrence, but uh, it is absolutely you know his performance just steals that movie, and you can't take your eyes away from. He's playing a prisoner of war who has this sense of of having betrayed people in his past, and so he's got this very strange sense of honor within this huh. prison camp, and it's just. It's a really powerful performance. Of course, uh, again, people want to look outside of the sci-fi realm. Uh, the Last Temptation of Christ. He's Pontius Pilate. And the movie that I really, really want to find and cannot at the moment, and I was having some debate online, like, anybody else found it? Uh, is Into the Night. I've only seen the bits on, on YouTube of him. Of, of him. him. Yeah. And that's all there is yeah. for, his, for his part. It's a fun John Landis heist caper right. with Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum and, young and Michelle. Jeff Je- young Jeff Globe, uh, Ed Ames can't sleep. Ed can't sleep. And very good, Ed, if that is your real name. Yes. Very impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. Uh, but uh, it's like it's one of those John Landis movies where it's just full of these, chock full of these cameos. And David Bowie was like, <laughs> when he came on, I was like, that's the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, at that time, you know, mm-hmm. in college, and uh, and a musical that people leave out too is Absolute Beginners, which I bo- posted the song uh, video last night. Um, where he's playing an ad ad man in the fifties in in uh, in England, and ah, Bowie, uh, and his influence is big. So let I mean, let, let me uh, say too, this ties into a news story that we would have been covering regardless, which is that what is my favorite animated series, uh, if not favorite Rick and Morty? series still on no. currently awaiting new episodes is the venture brothers which yeah. is heavily heavily influenced oh, by yeah. david bowie and it comes back 
January 31st, season six begins. So uh, Rick and I, not Rick and Morty, Rick and I had <laughs> the opportunity to uh, interview the show creators and many of the voices, uh, Jackson Public and Doc Hammer, a few years. I can't remember which year that was at Comic-Con. Boy, it was, it was after 2010, I just know. I, I imagine it was probably, it was either 11 or 12. Yeah, right after season three, I think. But yeah. uh, anyway, a high point just because it's it, it, that's the great thing about having done this podcast and run the site is getting to meet people whose work you admire so much. And that was one of the most fun interviews we've it ever done. It was just an excellent the atmosphere. Out by was the perfect. dumpster in the back of the <laughs> out the back center. door of, of Comic Con because Doc wanted to smoke, <laughs> and so. Uh, and uh, Rick found that. So, right? You found... I did. You found the audio. So let's... Uh, Do you want to play the whole thing or just the... I think let's just... There's a portion where they talk about David okay. Bowie and his influence I'll on the we'll, work. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this? We'll put in the Bowie clip now and then I'll put the, the I, full interview after we oh, sign okay, out Oh, okay. That sounds good. Yeah. So if people want to hear the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. I like it when we fool ourselves into thinking we're making an action show, but it's not. It's just chatty... <laughs> You know, my dinner with Andre bullshit. That's that's what I like. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard from David Bowie? No. No. And oh. we would boy, love to. So bad. I would. I would even love to be sued by David Bowie. I just want. To, I, I just want. To, I just want to end up in court with David Bowie. They would be like, and from the defense, like Santa would go. That's Bowie. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor. I just want to apologize in person, to, man. So apologize. I just want to say this. Station Station is probably the greatest album ever made. Just, let, me, just let me get this out. I just pissed on myself. I, yeah. It's, it, it's, um, we, we, we do this loving, weird Bowie tribute. You know, Bowie's not Bowie in our show. He's like this, this magical, mythical yeah. version of the Bowie mystique. And um, if he would just register that, like... And he's a shapeshifter. These two knows. Yeah, he yeah. could... He's that might could just be a guy who picks to be Bowie. He all did, the yeah, time. like it might There's not no be Bowie. Really, yeah. No, <laughs> we don't know. I don't want to be Bowie anymore. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, no. If he would just at least just register that, like we are loving him publicly and weekly. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Even a letter from a mom would be fine. It's like a little handwritten kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, my husband just really loves him. Or Duncan. Yes. I, I went to see his moon movie. We know, yeah, we know. Yeah. We, we only watch his cartoons. He lives. You know. He lives down the street from me, David Bowie. Does he really? I have. I have sat. You know, I've stood in a line with Iman pushing like a stroller with a little Bowie kid taking candies off the thing, and I'm I'm picking him up. Yeah, I'm picking him up, and I just want to go. Oh, your husband is like the greatest <laughs> ever. I just, just wanted to say, and I like the short hair. You never need to put the wig on. I think it looks great because you know she has her head really short. Beautiful woman. Bowie's great. I'm sorry, we just love yeah, Bowie. There's no way he's not a supervillain. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way he doesn't head up the Gilda Clamorous intent and probably a lot more. Instead of season four? No, okay. Well, we think. We, <laughs> it's not a spoiler. It's just, that's, that's love for David Bowie. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we, we know thank, you got a panel. And we, and we, we thank you for your time. That's wonderful. And, You're welcome. Uh, we'll sign off. Thanks, Thanks very much. That's it's a pleasure thank meeting you, you guys. Yeah. Very nice meeting you. So thanks for the memories of that wow. and finding that. That was great. Um, and so once again, uh, the show that I'm most looking forward to in the next few months, you know, now there's going to be at least a year before a new Doctor Who, uh, is uh, 
is uh, The Venture Brothers Season 6 starting on January 31st on Adult Swim. And uh, so, now that we've spent some time talking about, what again, just what an intensely It doesn't feel real. Influence. But you know what? It's kind of, you know, it's, it's sad. But it's also one of those situations where he went out on top and you're not going to think of him as a failing artist. No, no, no. no. It, was, it, it was an artistic statement. Even yeah. the timing of, and I wouldn't be surprised, quite honestly, if he had one of two things. He either passed away earlier, uh-huh. and they just and his sense of showmanship was laid out to his people, you know. Uh, or if those photos that were released Friday yeah. were, re- you know, if that last photo shoot really was last week. Then I think, and I'm certainly okay with it. He knew there was no hope of so sort of survival. So I think it's possible that he it was assisted suicide. And if it was, okay, that's his decision. It's his decision. Yeah. You know, I, but to to go out, I mean, even at age 69, not not a lot of not a lot of performers still, are still a going vital performer. At 69, still a vital. I mean, a vital artist. I'm not we even do have performer. one vampire in Tony Bennett. Who obviously is uh, he'll well, there's at, something amazing uh, about Tony at Bennett. Thirty too. years old, he'll be still coming out with new albums. Mm-hmm. But Bowie, and luckily he's found the soulmate Lady Gaga, right, who right, also right. feeds on blood. <laughs> exactly, she uh, showed him how. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. He was so, he was going strong <laughs> before he started yeah. up with her. But um, anyway, so again, thank you, David Bowie, wherever you are. You know, um, just what. Touched so many aspects of, of, of what we love. So let's talk a little bit about comics. Um, I, I do want to point out, because you've always been the one to catch the humble bumble. Humble bumble. There you go. I just had a humble bumble. I think I've done that a couple of times. The humble bundle. Uh, Image Comics uh, announced one with uh, with <coughs> humble bundle today. Uh, featuring creators, what they call the Creators Own Worlds, which uh, supports the Human Rights Campaign Foundation. Uh, which is the educational arm of America's largest civil rights organization working to achieve lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender equality. So um, there's a whole bunch of different layers, but you get basically volume one of se- of several uh, series, Odyssey, uh, Virgil, Self-Obsessed, Mercy, Phonogram, Wolf, Captara, Sunstone, Witches, and then you can add in Paper Girls, which people are telling me are, is great. I bought the first issue and I haven't read it yet. I think I've read the first issue. It was I've really heard that's good. great. Monstrous and then Huck, which i got to say. Yeah, I, great book. I, I know that Huck is great. Uh, Outcast, for different levels, you can get uh, Volume 1 of Outcast. You can get uh, uh, the Sex Criminals spinoff, uh, Sex Guide, Just the Tips. Uh, and Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, Volume 4 of Saga, which actually my son asked last week, said, <coughs> while we were driving, uh, I had a bag of comments for him. He said, is it okay for me to read Saga? And it was just, la- you know, last week's issue yeah. or, or two weeks ago. And I said, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of behind. I don't I don't recall it really being super appropriate for you. So if it gets inappropriate. And so he read it. And he gave me a report. He said, no, no, it was really good. It was just one page was inappropriate. I looked away. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, said, good. Thank you. Um don't talk about this on the pod. Oh, too late. Uh, anyway, uh, Injection, uh, Jupiter's Circle Volume 1, and Rat Queen Special. I've been hearing a lot of things about Rat, Rat Queens. Queens in the really yeah. uh, Stray Bullets, Uber Alice Edition, which is 1 to 4. There's uh, the Invincible Compendium, which is 1 to 47. I, and of course, that's if you're paying $20 or more, that's, that's all Invincible it takes. Invincible Compendium by itself. I is- know. 
it's digital, of course, Correct. but it's but right. well, one to forty-seven, right? Wayward, Still. Volume One, uh, Volume One of Bitch Planet, and another good one, and yeah. Volume and One low. of Low, yeah, uh, which is the one I picked up the first issue, and it's, that's one I said I'm going to get the graphic novels for. Yeah, so I, great deal. So check out Humble Bundle and and, and check out that so it's image. Tr- if you do twenty dollars or more, you get everything. Is that's that what I'm reading. Really, uh, that's what I think I'm interpreting because usually it's like you get the first one if you pledge at least the average no you can pledge anything get something you pledge at the average pledge and get something more and then there's another level typically so so but humblebundle.com check it out check it out um the other big comics news today is that secret wars is finally over uh secret wars number nine hit the stands today at 499 yeah because I was, I was working. It was supposed to end in August, right? Uh, uh, September. After six issues, I think it was. And they, uh, eight issues. Eight, it was issues. eight issues. They added a ninth, uh, but they were already bef- behind schedule. Yeah. So it was supposed to end in September so that the October launch would be this big deal. Yeah, now Secret Wars is over. Eight months later. Well, that's eight months later than they intended to end. No, I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah. But still. Um, so it, it it is over. Does it change everything? Well, you've already read all the first issues of everything new. So you know it's changed. Exactly. This now is sort of the, hmm, how, and what about some of the characters that we haven't seen yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't want to spoil because I, I know Nate's going to read, but I, I would say I really, I, don't know. I really appreciated the last page. Yes. And I'm going to say that was a nice touch. Yes. Uh, there was a lot in it. There's a weird, bad editorial thing, and this is again kind of is that the how there's a house ad for the Avengers big crossover that's coming. Um, that's Siege, I think, is what it's called, and it's in like the same. The house ad is in the same color scheme as the Secret Wars story page before it. Uh-huh. So I turned the page oh. and see this big splash, and I'm going, wait, what, what? <laughs> Oh, yeah. and you know, and, and it's just, I do think, I don't know. They're also doing something with this, uh, a two, <coughs> a full page and like page three, maybe it's not, it's, ah, yeah, this one, where it's a splash with all the female Avengers. Uh, yeah, so you're looking at, here's like, the cast and then, and then an ad for, yeah. uh, again, a good, a, a good worthy it's cause. A, it's a well, it's a well-drawn set of five Marvel superheroines. In pink, in pink for the uh, for making strides uh, against breast cancer. Right. So good. It's just the placement is typically right. Like no, you, and that's what and, that's more and, of the and story. That's what I I don't know who's in charge. I mean, I get it. If you're editor, you're worried about the story. Who's in charge of placing ads, and why are they not reading the books they're placing those ads against? You know, just to just to see that it, 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 that is a minor quibble. My bigger quibble is four ninety nine, and it's yeah. and it's January, and the fact that. You know, it's it was one of those things where the journey had to be the reward because the journey didn't turn into the storyline at the end. All, all right. the all the individual things. It was just kind of like it was kind of fun to you know, hey, what if there were a whole world of hulks? Re- hey, what really? If- I am not sure if I read even issue number eight. Yeah. I'm not sure I did, and I read number nine. And I was like, it does not matter. I think yeah. I did. Yeah, but for the for the storyline of what happened before. And after Battle World, that it's it's such an eggshell around this whole other set of stories, and in fact, 
there's a line in this that says it's just a distraction, and that's all it was. That, yeah, that really, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, you do reset some status quos that could have it, it could have been a four issue miniseries, a yeah. five issue, a decent a decently priced trade paperback that would have changed everything. But that's just not the way comics work right now, and that's why, or I should say, I don't even want to say mainstream because so many other great independent books are becoming mainstream. Yeah, that uh, it just feel I don't know how to call it. So it's how the, the big, big two, two work. The big two work is event, 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 event. And like I was trying to, I was explaining to a coworker about Civil War and how, you know, oh, they adapted that. And, I, and so many articles talking about how it's adapting this popular comic book series. I'm like, no, Marvel just really takes the titles and the themes and makes it in the movies. Yeah. But, but we're also going to see a Civil War II this year in comics. And they've established that someone big is going to get killed and... Someone big is going to be Surprise. the killer, and then they released a, a, a an image, a JPEG yesterday that just said it was black within white writing, "Dead no more." And could it possibly be Wolverine? Or I like somebody. I can't remember who who posted on, on Facebook said his theory. It might have been Jamal Eigel. Uh, that the theory is everybody dies. There is no death. Oh. Now that might be an interesting story. But it only an, inter- but I don't want to. I don't want a twist. You know, I don't want a, a line wide right. crossover anymore. I just want tell me a little. I don't even know. Like today, tell I, me some good stories. I, I put back on the on the shelf. Robin War. I didn't like the beginning of, of it. I didn't go so past the first I, issue. So I didn't go past the first issue, except that I bought Batman and Robin Eternal and uh-huh. and Damien and, and Robin Son of Batman. That's what I buy. And I I I put it back on the I'm shelf. I'm going to give Batman fifty. <laughs> A chance, and it's uh, Batman Fifty, and um, I guess it's just uh, the one that was the robot. It was Batman, right? Yeah, that, and that the was detective was—I don't even know. I wasn't really yeah. detective. Um, but I'm going to give it. I'm going to go back and look at it when we hit the fifty when Bruce Wayne comes back. And yeah, I, and I mean, I think the when James, they reset, they I reset think, Superman I, I think that I think the James Gordon as Batman was better than. I would have thought it was. I didn't hate it. I just wasn't compelled by it. No, I, you know that's, and that's okay. Yeah. You know they they do that shake up. I survived Nightfall. I did like there was one issue. I actually was still buying Batman and Superman, and so there were some storylines that are intertwined there. And there was one where the new Batman gets a bat truck, and that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, there was fun yeah, stuff was in fun it. But it, but but I'm feeling overwhelmed, especially was many of these books are now. Three ninety nine and four ninety nine, and my stack doesn't seem any thicker. Yeah, but it's getting more and more expensive. And I don't want to spoil this, but I want to talk to you about this page, the page that you you called out as as at the end. Yeah, I want to. Uh, you and I should talk about that, and I, I think there's there's more discussion to what's actually going on. Yeah, here. but I don't want to. I, I just I don't want to put it out there because who knows? People have have bought it yet. Right. Uh, I mean, I know there are websites that have. Spoiled, spoiled it, it but yeah. i you we're know not, we're not that kind of site no i uh, seriously i want to say this as much as possible so let's uh yeah. let's turn nate to what's in the bag sing it sing it nate what's in the bag what's in the bag you've been taking lessons haven't you uh, there was tr- there was professional tremolo there there was timbre um so uh yeah uh nate have you had a chance to get to the store i i, I I I'm offended it's, it's, by the question, Derek. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Shh. 
baby, just shut your mouth. Okay. I'll go first, and I have one item that would have been in my bag. Walking Dead? Walking Dead 150. You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this for you. No, don't. No, 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 no. Because I haven't no. read an issue Not that kind of spoil. The dead Not that kind of spoil. But, and I've got to get back to him because he still hasn't billed me for it. For you for Christmas, I bought you your subscription to Walking Dead through our dear friend Car D'Angelo. Wow. So... He hasn't he hasn't built me for it, but that was my intent. So that's why he hasn't told you. Yeah, that's why I hadn't <laughs> hadn't told you until now. Cars just re- cars just reading your Walking Dead and laughing. Yeah. Um, no, no. And I, I think I'm. He has the two shops, and one of them's closer to you, right? Northridge. Yeah. So my expectation is you can pick him up there. Walk in and swagger. Thank and you. Hey, You're welcome. Merry Christmas. All I appreciate right. that. Wow. Wow. I think uh, Nate may cry on this podcast. <laughs> That's I, I'm going to shed a tear. I'm going to do so in the privacy of the kitchen. Oh, no, no. I want you to emotionally break down. It's good radio. It's good radio. All right. Anyway, uh, Rick, what would be up I'll be on right here? back. But that is my only book, so okay. I'm going to grab dinner and okay. come back and eat it in front of the computer. Okay. okay. Uh, okay. My first book is issue number two, and I think I did issue number one as well, but this is just so good. Batman and the Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, This is the turtles the way your dad did turtles back in the day. Your dad did turtles? Your dad loved his turtles. Is that better? No. Um, Not any, not at all. This is the dark and gritty. There's still still more joy and fun that, that seems evocative of the cartoon series. And Batman even is a little lighter, even though it's a darker and grittier story overall. Yeah. Um, but you have you just have um, just some lovely, lovely times with the turtles. Uh, Leonardo, in particular, has some great lines in this issue. Um, you got Splinter and uh, Shredder, and the Foot Clan, and mm-hmm. Penguin, and just. Go out and buy it. Don't wait for a trade on this one. This one's it's uh, six going to be six issues, uh, and you want you want to get the this in the uh, the freshest state possible. If you like these idea, the idea of these just weird crossovers that shouldn't work but do, you got to support the individual issues. That is always my agony over trade paperbacks. Yeah. Is like I know that there are series that I'm way behind in reading, but I'd be in better shape with the trades. But then I thought if I hadn't bought those individual issues. Well, you get to see Leonardo get like the absolutely. They just they get their their uh, their shells handed Hand to, to them, them. Mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Batman, and Leo is sitting there, man crushing on Batman afterwards about how awesome he is while they're still trying to figure out how they're going to fight him. Um, yeah, just perfect turtles. All right. Uh, next on my uh, first on my stack, I'm I'm going to go here. Uh, yeah, I think as I just quickly th- oh there it was. Uh, did you have this in your stack? I, did have it in my I did buy oh, it but side. it's not okay. in my which is Batman meets the man from Uncle because we did not podcast the week that uh, the first the issue first came issue out, came out right. uh, but I did manage to read it last week Jeff Parker who is one of my favorite writers with the kind of tone nice of covers uh, they are fun um, and it, who does the cover art on that it's the same one as the first issue it's Mike Allred it is Allred okay yeah uh, and uh, I, I I'm enjoying the story and if you're a, and, and I bring it up just because I'm sure there are man from Uncle fans they may not be aware. They don't walk into comic shops. Yeah. I, I assume there are people that listen to this podcast that don't 
read comics on a regular basis. There must be. Uh, so sure. if you're a Man From U.N.C.L.E. fan, go in and pick it's Batman 66, which, by the way, yesterday was the 50th anniversary of its first episode. Uh. So as was posted tonight on my Facebook page, not by me, but tonight was the 50th anniversary of Jill St. John in the Robin outfit. Oh, my God. So... Let that wash over wow. you for a moment. Wow. Anyway, uh, because very the, conflicted preteen. Uh, yes, <laughs> I was like, and, uh, yeah, the person who posted him like, and a young boy became a man that night. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the villain here is Thrush and Olga, Queen of the Cossacks, and uh, definitely, if as I know, I, I still haven't seen the the movie, but you were a little annoyed at the recharacterization of Ilya Kuryakin, but it is definitely they. Jeff Parker takes a little bit of that, bit of that movie and fits it into who Ilya was in the series and uses it. To right. be clear, my 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 opposition to his characterization is that Army Hammer. No, that's no, not. A, yeah, it was Army Hammer. Army Hammer. Um, I know it's an improbable name. Is as improbable as Napoleon Solo, really? Is uh, no, Army Hammer played Ilya. Ilya. Okay. Played, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, that his characterization of it was kind of like blunt hammer right and i always thought of Ilya as the as the intellectual of the of the two right so, so. he has a blunt hammer moment in the okay. first issue that then is explained as as to why right and then you go okay so if you're coming into this because oh you liked the movie which is now it's coming out on home video and a lot of people have been saying hey have you watched this because they really it. enjoyed it yeah you know and I'm like, uh, no it's, it's on my list uh so as was this book uh, next on again, your stack it's it's uh, to the high point of that movie for me is it's a wonderful period piece. It's a wonderful spy period piece. With and then if you've been reading the Batman 66 books, again, it's an interesting balance between it's a timelessness. It's a, it's a, it's an alternate uh, history that has a lot of modern technology in it. So yeah, uh, have fun with that next. Uh, let's see. So yeah, I'm on number two. So my second one is the second issue again, because we haven't met for a little while. Um, of New Romancer, the Vertigo title, which has uh, Lord Byron mm-hmm. and Casanova uh, having their their souls through time injected into modern day society, and Cas- uh, Lord Byron is a life loving um, uh, womanizer, and Casanova is really kind of a vile and violent uh manipulative as he probably was yeah uh person who <coughs> unless he's played by david Tennant. yeah um but it's it's wonderful and the, what's what's really cool about this is it the the theme it it all focuses on a um, modern girl mm-hmm. who was a byron fanatic from early teens and now she is part of a of a group that is doing a dating site and so they're trying to use Byron's um, life lessons as to tweak their algorithms and have better dates come up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Casanova is working in his background. And Casanova actually takes on almost a Malcolm McDowell from um, Clockwork Orange mm. attitude with a crowd of, of sycophants with him. And, uh, I'm, I'm loving this book. Uh, the, and this is this is definitely not targeted at me, not my demographic, but maybe my education and and background is is bringing me into it. But well, I think now you, now I think you, now you soured it in my mouth. Okay, I think anyone, uh, I think your education and background would also enjoy this. 
but I think you, uh, you're going to wait for the trade. Um, I, I highly recommend this. I think this is actually uh, a really good book for young uh, teen girls. So, mm. yeah. All right. Uh, my next one would be uh, Superman American Alien, <coughs> which was a book that when they announced it, I was convinced I was going to hate, but I picked up the first issue anyway. Uh, it is written by Max Landis. Uh, and each issue has a different artist on the sort. There are a series of short stories he, uh, of basically one-shot issues from different points in Clark Kent's maturation. And, um, I mean, we've had, we've had certainly other series like this where Jeff Johns had done one with, uh, 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 not Leonard Kirk, uh, Oh, I don't remember. I, but there was a Superman Secret Origins from him. There was a Superman Birthright from from Gary Mark, Frank. Gary Frank, thank you. And Superman uh, Nate's back. Hey everybody, Nate's back. And uh, the voice from Don Superman Andrew. Birthright by Mark Wade. Uh, and this is now Max Landis is the guy is the son of John Landis who wrote Chronicle, uh, wrote the Victor recent Victor Frankenstein and another movie that I'm blanking on that I know I didn't like. Uh, so did you see Victor Frankenstein? No, I did not. Uh, I didn't either. I, there was nothing about the trailer that made that movie the slightest bit appealing, even though the subject matter is the slightest bit appealing to me. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, that he had done that that video a few years ago about the death of Superman, like reenacting it with his friends and cheap cardboard and stuff yeah, and, yeah. that I found. I didn't like his, uh, I'll be honest. I, you know, I didn't like his attitude. I didn't like, there's an arrogance, an unloving arrogance, which to be fair, his father, John Landis can sometimes project as well. And I love John Landis's work. Yeah. So, I mean, I have this feeling that like, like I don't know that I would like him in person, but I can separate that from liking his work. Right. Um, and I, I loved the first issue. The second issue, we're going through an interesting time where I think a lot of writers are trying to make their bones debating what it is to be a hero in this society. And I got into a pretty friendly but heated argument uh, yesterday at work at lunch. I'm so grateful to be working in a place where I can get these kind of free, uh, arguments over why Man of Steel was not satisfying versus seeing Superman 2 or my point was Supergirl, which can have a fight with Kryptonians on television that is far more intimate, far less damage done to the populace, and gets the point across. And, and uh, Melissa Benoist even says at one point in the l- latest episode, Superman does not kill. Like, they make that big. Here's the line yep. in the sand. The television version is the Christopher Reeve version. Yep. The movie version. We haven't talked about that show in a while. No, but and, and I don't know if we're brilliant. gonna have time tonight. But I really I enjoy the we show. We should, we should, we say. should catch it uh, next week. So anyway, issue three is out, um, and I think they're very interesting points of view. The first issue was uh, Clark learning to fly as a boy with Jonathan and and Martha, and it was such a great because again, I think where people get up get worked up, and which I did in Man of Steel too, is. is our version of Jonathan and Martha, our version of baby Clark, or young Clark, if you're old enough, it's kind of rooted in the 30s and 40s, and that's just not the reality in 2015. We're talking people that were probably raising him in 1995. You know, now Smallville updated him pretty well, but, you know, it, it, it's still, it's, you're at war with a kind of a concept that is out of time. And this was an update that, well, no, that made sense. So the second issue was Clark in high school uh, flirting with Lana and, not, and unsure if he wants to, you know, take the next step. And 
and that his secret is out to a lot more people than you'd think. So it, it's it's been an intriguing series so far, and you could just pick up any any one issue, and you'd be fine. It's not it's not oh, necessarily building on each other. It's it's an anthology. Though it's all one person's life, it's different chapters in his life. You know, I was thinking about the great the other years day away because I'm reading through. I'm getting caught up on Superman right now, and every arc in that book is six inch, is six episodes long because they're all targeted at coming out in graphic novels later. And some of the story it hurts the storytelling because mm-hmm. some stories are just not strong enough to go for six issues, and others, you know, others that might be too strong might get spread out over twelve. And they're mm-hmm. not strong enough for twelve. They'd be good for seven, or you know, they don't tell stories to the length of the story far mm-hmm. too often. But uh, you just mentioned these are all individual stories, and I was thinking, the, I was trying to think, what was the graphic novel I read where they were all individual good stories, and it was um, uh, Superman, um, All Star Superman, All Star, which I each one of those is a perfect little short story about. And Superman. that's how I ended the Man of Steel argument. Uh, I said. Watch All Star Superman yeah. because I know you're not going to go and get there, and you don't have time to read the twelve issues. Right. Go on to Netflix, watch the animated you know, you miss adaptation. A couple of really good stories. You do, that. but yeah. but it's yeah. but but that summation of it who is, Superman is to me. And I said, you know, you can. You yeah. got to do the Zod argument. And I said, and he's like, well, you shouldn't even be killed. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Superman's got to have that struggle. Yeah. To me, that's my version, and you're not going to convince me any other way. Totally. So agree. anyway, there we go. Go ahead. Your next book. My last book is uh, inspired by the t- hit TV series. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., number one, which is bringing us uh, the adventures of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division, which, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. acronyms changed a number of times. Yes. I think this is the worst. I really do. The, the Because it's all about intervention, intervention enforcement logistics. Anyway, so you've got, you know, Bobby Morris, and you've got, uh, you've got all the characters from the... TV series, not all, not all of them, because the TV series is just totally blown out the number of characters they're covering in every episode now. Uh, but you have you bring Deathlock back. <coughs> there you go. Which is a problem for me. Deathlock has always been problematic. I loved loved the original Deathlock. When he's series. in a post-apocalyptic right. America, yes. Ever since they brought him forward, he's been he's been really problematic. First, they brought him forward, and that was part of the storyline. Then they reinvented him, and that was part of a brand new storyline. That there was a reboot because he's a different Deathlock because they didn't mention him all. Most recently, Deathlock was a doctor who had been blown up and re, re, uh-huh. recreated, but he didn't know he was Deathlock. He got activated because he was that, a yeah. doctor's. Doctors Without Borders, so he mm-hmm. could go into places, and then he transformed into Deathlock until he broke out, and that was the storyline. So we have a new Deathlock in this, and I picked this up and going, well, if it's good, they'll make this insulated from the rest of the Marvel Universe. But within five pages, they had already tied it into the current Tony Stark storyline. I don't mind that so much I, because I think Marvel's yeah. masterfulness is they make you, they sucker you in. With oh that I know all those I know those people. Although if that's Mockingbird, yeah, she's flying. Yeah, she doesn't in the show yet. No, uh, yet. Uh, actually, yeah, in this one she does, and it's part of the plot. Okay, it, she does, and it's a surprise to her. But I can, yeah, I can look at that and say, okay, I recognize it, and, and even you see, yeah, that's Iron Man. So yeah. it's recognized. I just love that you got Fitz. And, and Simmons down here in the corner, the size of a postage stamp. Coulson, yeah. who's the main character in the book, is like a three-quarter size. Deathlock, who hardly has anything to do with it, is front and center. Um, 
I like this book. I'll keep buying it. Uh, I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I like the character set. The storyline in this is a direct lift from JLA Tower of Babel. Oh. Yeah. And so there's a little, I'm not giving too much away in that. It's kind of a reveal at the end. You have to. And if uh, you don't want to find, although I recommend buying JLA Tower of Babel. It's a great story. uh, Mark Wade. Yeah. Uh, who was not credited for the loose adaptation to the animated film, which was Justice League <coughs> Doom, yeah, which took half of it out, but but kept the like the really keen idea. So yeah. I won't spoil anything. My last book, I'm kind of torn, but I think I'm going to go with it anyway because I just uh, again another book that I just adored, and I oh, yeah. did the first issue, uh, and I again stunned that I did uh, that I love this as much uh, from Miller World, Mark Miller with uh, Raphael Albuquerque on art, Huck. Um, which I was afraid that the second issue would have a turn in the character. And I think, no, again, like I said, with like with Superman American Alien, and I can't remember what else I had read. Re- oh, um, Super Zero from Jimmy Palmiotti and, and Amanda Connor, that you we are seeing in this very frightening time. And, and let's be honest, it is a frightening, uncertain time. When isn't, I guess. But in 2015 slash 2016, writers, creator, comics creators, Working in a genre that, let's face it, is inspired by Superman, trying to struggle with what does it mean to be that Mm -hmm. in this day and age. So Superman American Alien is one response to that. Huck is, here Mark Miller who has done these wildly over-the-top, look at what, hey, what if they're in Coke? What if all the supervillains won? And that's wanted. And, you know, and and, and it's now What if the bad guy turned good? What if the good guy turned good? With Huck is, what if someone really was just that damn decent yeah and would this world destroy it and it's almost like decency is his superpower yeah i mean you it's know? more than that it's but what it sets still, him apart from everybody else but but it kind of yeah and so it, it's really especially after i i did watch kingsman um you know and a decent movie until exactly the same point that you yeah. just liked i went well that was just ridiculously gratuitous yeah. so I, I it took me out for a second it was so out of nowhere but that's not that was the adaptation of Miller's graphic novel. I you know, um, yeah. but and Dave Gibbons, I'm sh- I should say, this I just love this book, and they, and it is going to be made into television series, and I fear how they'll met or oh, TV, not not movie, not no, it's going to huh. be TV, which I don't think makes sense. I would rather see only if they do it limited. Uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah. what I'd rather see is is like sell us a Netflix, yeah. give me a Netflix movie, yeah, or some you know because I really think that's where t- where our mainstream entertainment is going to go now. I, yeah. I, I, the more I, I, I look at that, I go, yeah. It's just so honest. It's powerful, but it's honest and innocent at the same time. You know, it's, just, it's if Frank Capra were doing a superhero yeah. movie today, this would be. Yep. This would be it. And I've said it before with the first issue, and I'll say it again. That uh, you know, I love it. My son loves it. I'm really glad that there's a book of that maturity, but that is still appropriate for my son to read, and that we can have conversations about what, what does this mean. And then we had the same thing with Super, Super Zero. He wasn't as into American Alien. But, you know, we do talk about it. And I know some people don't, you know, their kids just read comics and go, yeah. okay. But, I mean, my son and I really talk about what is it, you know, how's that influence? It's what, just, what I are mean, you thinking? It's ageless. I can't imagine somebody, uh, this works at almost any age as far as storytelling. I wouldn't say this is for kids. It's not for teens. It's everybody. Because it's, it's got some real world yeah. concerns. I mean, I, I, it's like it's like when my son watched a couple of episodes of Daredevil. Is that let's talk about why yeah. you're fighting once it's real. Right. You know, um, 
and and we have talked with all the Marvel movies and all the superhero movies. Like, what is that thing? So, consumer note for a second: a dollar buys you an introduction to Lucifer this week to the Mike Carey the right. first series. There's a right. new Lucifer series right. Right. that's gonna. But this is this yeah. is the 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 original Lucifer, and a dollar. It it is half of it is um a, a, yeah. an ad for all the DC graphic novels and it's a great list i mean i looked through this going yep read that read that read that read that there wasn't uh, the much golden in here, age but... of vertigo really yeah. I, you know and and i i resisted that series for a while lucifer lucifer yeah. because i just felt kind of i i is in the midst of, I, it's awkward to say you know uh into a very re- a religious phase in my life where i thought i just felt a little awkward supporting that, that as a hero um yeah yeah and then I read it or as and the focus. As the focus, uh, but I went, okay, it's like Mil- Milton did it, Paradise yeah. Lost. And then I read it and went, C.S. Lewis did it. And, uh, well, that's worm, uh, screw tape. Screw tape. Yeah, but not Lucifer. Uh, but, and of course, you know, but, and now when I say that, I feel like I'm one of the one million moms who are mad that the TV series is, on, is coming to Fox, um, which is obviously already only loosely based on on that yeah. what my care moms what, there's only 10, uh, the ten moms. moms no but they're each they're as strong as a million each uh, one is a hundred they are convinced decibels. they are convinced of that um and and look and i don't mean to to make light of their concerns i respect that i do um but this is you know this is freedom of speech and right. it could be a good series and if you read mike mike carries there's a there are interesting discussions of morality and how basically Lucifer and which Neil Gaiman set forth too is when he created this version of Lucifer for the Sandman is this is a character who is misunderstood and is becoming, you know, is doing good in spite of himself. Yep. So into that. All right. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, while we were away, uh, Entertainment Weekly got to reveal Doctor Strange, the pictures of Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, my. Do you think the glyphs coming off his fingers are going to be in the movie, or is that something they did? I for... think they just did that for publicity. I would like to see that effect, though. I wouldn't be surprised, because I, I, in Age of Ultron, Scarlet Witch had some few. They, did, they didn't really go deeply into yeah. the effects with that, but I, I I would guess, and we'll see. And uh, I don't want to have him, like... Just gesture and have things happen. I want to have him radiating power, radiating. I was Eldrick, just I was Eldritch Eldritch energy. Yeah. I was just impressed by how much he looks like Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, yeah. And I don't know why I didn't think he would, but he does. So did you watch the uh, the Sherlock Holmes? I did. I just watched it last yeah. night. Yeah. So he's it's it's funny because he's. I was thinking he's done so many things, but then again, no one, he's not going to get typecast as smog. No, or, <laughs> no. Um, well, he's done the smart thing. He's embraced as I think an actor who wants financial success as well as artistic right, right. has embraced a fandom like he, cause he can still go off and do the imitation game and then he'll do Dr. Strange. Right. And he's Sherlock and he's going to be in Zoolander too. And he, and, and he was smog and, you know, and and whatever else, whatever else he wants to be, and now when when you're part of the of the Marvel universe, you're part of the Marvel yeah, universe. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. So, we shall see. Uh, there was also a, a leak from Variety of uh, of a short list of people to play young Han Solo, which is the film I least wanted to see anyway because Harrison Ford is Han Solo to me. I just I yeah. don't need to see a young Han Solo. You know, I was thinking about remember Young Indiana Jones. 
I remember Shia LaBeouf for the TV show. The TV, the TV show. show. <laughs> where they had three different I ages. love that show. Yeah. I have the complete set. Have you watched it? No. <laughs> I remember watching it on TV. It was, the stories were good, but I never felt like I was watching how, uh, Harrison, how Ford. Harrison Ford. Right. I never felt like I was watching Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Right. And that's and that's the thing. It, it's like, I don't want to go back. I mean, I don't mind like Rogue One as an idea of an anthology. Yeah. You know, going back and filling in this gap of, all right. Although if I say that, it's like, well, it's like watching Phantom Menace then. We already know that they, the plans got there. Are we going to get a storyline around the many boffins who died too? Uh, you see, who knows? Uh, who knows? Like, I, I'm, I'm almost interested in rumor cropped up again of, and I think, I, but I think it's just one of those zombie rumors that like they keep coming back is that they want to do an zombie Obi-Wan. Well, that's what I call it. You know, because yeah, yeah. like that, the thing about, oh, they're going to release the original version right, of Right, right, right. And it's the same article that keeps coming back up. right. Um, check the date. It's 2013. Yeah. Uh, it was three years But even ago. so, it's like, and everybody goes, oh, I'm excited. I'm like, it, it's, dude, I hate to kill you on this. Yeah. Like right now, the one that I hate. This the, made my, my week's been so bad. This just made my week. The one that I hate the most right now is the, the, the last words of Steve Jobs that keep going around. Oh, yeah? And have you not read it? It's no, like I have Big, seen. long speech. And I'm like, are you kidding? His last words were famously, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. And somebody's put two pictures of him looking thin and near death, but walking in his backyard. Yeah. And they've ascribed this whole, don't waste your time. You know, I wish I would have spent more time. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, one of those feel good things. That's not what he said. Now, maybe that's what he meant by, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to take, just interpreting. take anything away. It's actually a Kurt Vonnegut speech. <laughs> Wouldn't that be ironic? It's actually a Boz Lerman speech. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it, it's just, but I, it keeps coming back up. And then somebody said, well, I mean, that really is a picture of him. <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't mean squat on a meme. Do you not understand Photoshop? Pictures don't record words. Yeah. You know, oh, and I was like, no. And I, I felt like I was shooting puppies. I'm like, I know. I, you know, I, I, I yeah. They're a good sentiment. It doesn't, right. It doesn't mean any right. more or less. If that had been Steve right. Jobs who said it, you know, it's just like the Bible. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> oh, I feel like I just got Bugs Bunnied by you, <laughs> son of a. <laughs> Get thee behind me, Satan. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, so of, of the candidates, there's like no one that I, I would say the only person that comes close and people were dis- disagreeing with me like crazy. The only person on that list that came close to like, I could see, I could get used to it yeah. would be Dave Franco. Yeah. Because he kind of has, he has he, a little swagger. He has the swagger that, that can be comedic and not arrogant and that's the problem is almost everybody else is either too vulnerable because that's modern day casting we're all wounded yeah and like han isn't i mean he may be wounded but he doesn't show it you know he doesn't look like he's about to cry all the time no the the spinoff that i'd like to see as i said they were talking about an obi-wan kenobi trilogy and i would like to see you bring you and mcgregor back and talk about trying to evade the empire to get to tatooine there could be something interesting or trying to before he becomes a total hermit trying to fight the dark side and i'll give you this by himself i was not sold on mcgregor as a young obi-wan until i saw the movie and then i went he's done he's one of the best parts of it yeah he's He's sounds like a young alec sounds like alec guinness he's got he's he's done the rhythms and yeah yeah no i'm i'm with you there so Let's move to te- TV because we talked about Doctor Strange. Agent Carter is revealed in the second I have second one season. TV note to add at the end. All right. Okay. Thank you for warning me in advance. <laughs> I appreciate that rather than, well, good night, everybody. One more thing. 
Okay. Anyway, uh, only that's not what you say. You say one more thing. thing. Anyway, uh, Agent Carter is, is, is next Tuesday starts again. Yeah. Uh, to, Can't he, wait. And it's revealed. Uh, the producers revealed today that it, it is tying into Doctor Strange with the Dark Force, so that there will be she will be battling people, and, and Dark Force is part of the energy used in season one of, a, of Agent she, a, uh, of Agent Carter. And that it will be crucial to Doctor Strange. So they are connecting in the way that I think the movies and TV should cross over. It's just little elements that if you're looking for the Easter egg, it's going to be awesome that it's there. But I, I, I don't see the ancient one. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Although it might be a different ancient one. That's another thing they're saying with Tilda Swinton. Is, well, when you see her, it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. Tilda Swinton there. Yeah, uh, they did announce at the Television Critics Association uh, meeting this weekend that they have revived the idea of a spinoff from Agents of Shield called Marvel's Most Wanted, which mm-hmm. will be Bobby and Lance, or is he Nick? No, the real actor is Nick Blood. He's yeah, Lance Hunter. Lance Hunter. So Bobby Morse and Lance Hunter will be spinning off as Most Wanted. They have really good chemistry, but and they do have good chemistry, and they won't be leaving Agents of Shield. We'll just see this, which I think is the way to handle it. Yeah. Is as you pointed out earlier, there are so many characters on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Yeah. If you like a couple, give them their own eight-episode right. series like Agent Carter. And what I think is year-round Marvel, that's the solution. Go on hiatuses, go on the next season. Are you caught up with this season? I caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. Fitz is turning into my favorite character on that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would watch a sh- if. You took Fitz and Simmons out and just made it like Fitz and Simmons and did like an X-Files thing with just them. It would work. Yeah, it would definitely it work. It would work. Yeah. But there's too much television uh, because at the same same time. So Marvel's doing that. Uh, then NBC announced that they're going to do a, a DC set insurance office comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Called Powerless. And they producers again have confirmed, oh, no, it's going to be like everybody, nobody's off the table. That they can reference whatever character they want. And I'm like, that's great. Except, you know, ABC was supposed to be developing damage control. Yeah. And it, it feels like this is, uh, okay, great. Uh, not that there's not room for superhero sitcom, but that, you know, it's, I don't want it to kill damage control. No, but what it what it feels like to me is a bunch of executives on one side of the table and the accountants on the other side. And they're going, how can we do a superhero Superhero show without as much big a budget, and Jeff Johns in the room has to gets to go back to Diane Nelson and say, "See, I did my job." Yeah, you know, I, because that's that's what it is. Uh, Heroes Reborn has been canceled. <coughs> yeah, what wasn't it originally announced as a miniseries? It was, but then some people got excited again, and it did exactly what it did before. Was got boring. A brief amount of like excitement because oh, look who's on it, and then pfft, yeah, yeah, so. Uh, so, so it's not canceled. It was, it's just it's not getting a second. It was, it was tedious to watch the first episode. It was just, I didn't try. Oh. My kids loved it, but they've gotten then they've gone back and they're watching the original series on Hulu. Yeah, and they like it. And the, great, good for them. I just didn't even give it a shot. Uh, and then we've got on Sci-Fi coming up. Is it next week? The Magicians is coming, or did it start? Uh, no, they they did a preview, a preview of the first episode before Christmas. Oh, okay. And I think it starts on the twenty. I saw the commercials endlessly. Month. Okay. You oh know. man, I, I watched the preview, and um, this is Lev Grossman's uh, yeah. first book in a trilogy, which is basically if you took 
uh, Hogwarts and made it into an invisible school in New York and had all the kids a little older and a little more sinister. Um, maybe not. <laughs> a little more like New Yorkers. Yeah, a little more New York. Not, not necessarily sinister, but more actually more interesting. Um, the, the, Fair cop, Gov. The, sh- the show is uh, is pretty cool. Their, their, um, their magic is very cool. It's just got enough of a modern edge to the to the to the way things work and the characters. I think this is going to be a super big hit. No, I I everything I I, I watch bits and pieces. I started watching uh, uh, the <laughs> the one we've been talking about all year long uh, from from Comic Con. The the oh Expanse the Expanse. Yeah, so I started watching the Expanse. Oh, yeah. Liked that. Just haven't gotten back to it. Watched first episode of Childhoods and thought, okay, decent updating and trying to get away from all the things that other shows have already stolen yeah. uh, from Childhoods End. So I was happy with that. Uh, so I haven't finished it, but happy. Uh, it's good. It's and good. Sci-Fi is just doing a great job. Uh, Nate, what did you want to add in? Teachers premieres oh, tonight. Oh, good. Uh, however, they're showing the pilot again for like the 10th time. So the new shows will start next week. Okay. So once this podcast is up, set your DVRs for TV Land, 11 p.m. Wednesday night. Okay. okay. Thank you for that reminder. And uh, next week, set your DVR, or in two weeks, set your DVR for uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, yes. which will begin, which apparently yes. the advanced reviews are, this is the most comic booky of comic book shows you could ever want. And... Uh, I got to say this to, to, to Rick and hope it doesn't cause an aneurysm. They confirmed that one episode, because they're time travelers with the Repunter, right? Yeah, yeah. They go back in time to the Old West, and they're going to meet Jonah Hex. That's fine, as long as they don't meet as the one from the movie. <laughs> Jonah Hex played by Brand from Goonies? Uh, no, it will not be played by Josh Brolin because he's Thanos. Um, uh, so yeah. they didn't say who's been cast. And I think, you know, they'll cast somebody unknown. I like Jonah Hex. I've always liked Jonah Hex. No, except, I liked it too. Except and, I hated that movie. Right. No, exactly. So I just thought it was funny that I saw, yeah, it, yeah. saw that yesterday. And the, and the Flash is going to add the turtle. They cast somebody as the turtle. I'm like, <laughs> they're going so deep. Yeah. They just they don't care. cast Dana Carvey. Turtle. Wow. Turtle boy. Wow. Turtle, turtle. No. Am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? Nope. All right. Well, that's that's where we're going to leave it because we're going to run over to Seven Stars Bar and Grill. And again, if you've got any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, jump in your time machine and join us. Right in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Big Arthur. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder. And here's a blast from the past. Hello, I am the monarch, and I am currently chasing Dr. Venture around. That's so sweet. <laughs> I just wanted to remind you to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat.com. Luke, L-U-K-E-S-K-I, dot com. And, of course, saving the best for last, we now have the Venture Brothers interview, Jackson Public, Doc Hammer, 
creators of the Venture Brothers, the voices behind The Monarch and Dr. Girlfriend. Just to set the stage a little here, we were supposed to have the interview at the Adult Swim booth, but it was cigarette break time. So we walked out the back door into the alleys behind Comic-Con in front of the trash compactor to set up our mics. We start off kind of oddly with a discussion of my shirt, which is a Graffiti Designs replica of the Kevin Smith's Moobies uh, burger joint worker shirt, purple with a uh, big golden cow on the front. Yeah. Anyway, enjoy. I like your shirt, sir. Why, thank you. It's a summer job. doesn't pay too well. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Kevin thing, isn't it? It is. It's the... It's the uh, Fast food restaurant that keeps on showing up in the films. Has Kevin been here yet this weekend? This He's afternoon, I think. Uh, hey, we didn't say anything. Hey, we didn't say City Hates coming here. My midnight confession. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. That came through very nice. Did it test? Good. Is that going to the podcast? We don't need to test anymore. That's an outtake. <clears throat> Okay, yeah, so this is, uh, we, we do two ways. We record and put into a podcast. We do weekly. I stay digital. We go digital to analog. Right. I stay digital. He does the word he, thing. He cuts it on a, on a, well, on a mother record. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, it ships it out to sure all the kids on 45. Yes, Taiwanese kids. Listen, right. Right. I'm sure they'd rather listen, but I don't know if they have time to do that. So, you know, kind of. So, and you have uh, a, somebody transcribe it and yeah. publish it as a, a, a leaflet, like Tom Payne had something to do with it. Well, we're fanboy planet. We're we're uh, yeah. Just so pleased you could meet with us. Yeah. Oh, that's, I'm glad you could come to the the to the, the alley behind the smokers alley. This, smoke is, this is very glamorous. This is appropriate, actually. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I, you you must take a picture. You're hanging out with the toughs. There's a good chance yeah. we're yeah we're we're, we're all going to give you guys wedgies soon because <laughs> we're in the back smoking. Buy the compactor access, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Let me may I. With cigarettes in hand, please. Yeah. Yeah. Like Charlie's Angels. Cigarettes. Oh, that's that's, that's, that's going on the Christmas card. Please. <laughs> Underneath it says smoking. What's a smoke Christmas like? Now the geeks are doing it. All right. So, so I guess we should ask you some questions. It's yeah, right. So and then you can, you can continue doing we what you're doing. We already talked about your shirt and stuff. We've asked all we can of you guys. You guys have great astro. Uh, we do this, so um, we know what to wear. Yes. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Oh, fuck that shit. We just got the Astro suit. So can you? Can you? Why don't I have that? You did. It fell off. Did you launder it? I don't know. You you had every compliment. But to be fair, you're wearing your theme tag. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But since it's since it's audio, can you identify yourself so people will be able to place by the disciple tone? Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm Jackson Public, and I'm Doc Hammer, and together you are. We're the, we're Astro Go Adventure and Adventure Brothers. Brothers. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so. Season three. Are you talking about it right now? Yeah, it already came uh, out season, on, season on four. DVD. Season four. <laughs> yeah. no, season, we'll it's give been you some, a long. We'll call. give you some spoilers uh, for yeah, season yeah. three. Season three. Yes. Um, we are going to kill twenty-four. <laughs> what? That's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna, Brock's going to quit. Helper's going to explode. I want to know what's the next DVD box set theme going to be because the last one just blew me away. That's that's a no no clue. Closely guarded no secret clue. in um in, in the fact that we have no clue. No idea. Yeah. yeah. And probably, it'll probably be a while before that one comes out. So we're doing, yeah. we're breaking the season up into two halves of eight episodes. It'll be probably 
and six months apart or okay. something. And, and I don't think we're going to do it. Box yeah, I don't think we'll do it as a DVD until all 16. Until all 16? Yeah. So Thank you. Why the division? Yeah. <laughs> why the division for season four? Because we screwed up. <laughs> because we were two, uh, this was the season three and four were greenlit at the brothers. same time. And I won't. Uh, that was the first time we ever tried to go straight from one season to another without like waiting around to find out if we get a green light or taking six months off or having to take other jobs. So, uh, and we were too tired at the end. We couldn't write. There's a lot of stuff and, to do. I don't know. The election threw me off. Oh, and I, yeah, yeah sure moved and stuff. But, too much uh, hope. Yeah, we just we were just so exhausted. Then we only made it like two episodes in, and we had to like shut down for a few weeks, and then we tried to start up again. And round when he turned in the age script, we were like, "We got to We're so behind, we can't catch up." Can we just stop here so that we don't hate this, and uh, and we'll pick up in a few months? So that's what we did. They went for that. What do you, What do you do to recharge your sick, twisted, creative batteries? I masturbate. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you win. And, and that I owe you money now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, this is faster than you thought. It, writing is, is 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 different than like we do a lot of stages of the production. So for writing, it's you just kind of reinvest yourself into these characters again. But for the other things, it's like a job. You like show up and you do it the best you can. There's no magic. You know what I mean? There's no recharging yeah. of but of uh, batteries. for writing, it's uh, just having a chance to like sit still for a minute and like read a book or watch a movie and make fun of it. I don't, showering, showering, uh, all my Sleeping, best ideas. Like, oh, oh my god, I slept so much. Got a, okay, I, I, have a, I have a product idea, which is I want whiteboard markers for inside the shower. That'd I just want to be able to write them. Down. I just want to write it on oh, my yeah. chest and shit. That's, you got no yeah, room left. Gotta, take a picture of it. And, <laughs> no, I uh, like talk to myself in the character voices yeah. in the shower. Yeah. So I season three, did you did you go into that and say there's no way we're going to be able to adopt this each time? Because it seems like you you ratcheted up not just a level but three or four and then off to the left a bit. Oh, there's not we're not as much into forethought as you, as, no. as you think. Uh, maybe we amp it up just because we feel like amping it up. But there's yeah. never that we got to top ourselves. We honestly don't give a rat's ass if we top ourselves. <laughs> it, but you, you do. Know, it's just, I, I'm glad we do. I feel some pressure too. I never not, do. Not in it. I do not. What are we going to hit him with? But just like, how do you make it interesting? How do you make this not predictable and more of the same crap? And just, where, what are we going to mess around with these characters? Do you ever like say, this? no, we can't go there? Rarely. I, I think really. to ourselves, like sometimes yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this is inappropriate. Well, okay, mm-hmm. where, okay. where would you not go? Well, we have a guy that is a convicted pedophile, so yeah, I, <laughs> I know. I know. Well, which hints the question really. It's not but we, we made him. We made we made him an ex pedophile and made him lovable. So strangely, so where would we not? I, He's trying I to know where we himself. wouldn't go. It's just like no. There are like there are like occasionally a poorly executed something that is yeah. There are some edgy or whatever, and you go. That's just there are some ugly, ugly. stereotypes that 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 seem like you're knocking down a, a, a taboo, and you can get people around it to go. This is a cultural taboo that makes us uncomfortable and we kind of need to goof on it. And then you read it and you go, no, this is like an ugly statement. Yeah, this is just statement. contributing and, and, to yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, it's tricky because, like, part of the joke, at least in the beginning of the show, was, like, goofing on the kind of xenophobia of Johnny Quest and stuff like that. And then, But it's it's hard we'll to see. make fun of that without being that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, yeah, sometimes inside of parody, you become the thing that you're parodying. So you're, there's a there's a burden, and we kind of respect the burden of that. Yeah. And, and and it usually comes after like it's 
you write it and you're kind of jazzed and I'm like yeah let's take this and then you read it and you're like that is disgusting <laughs> because we have gotten kind of as uh, so you say that you become what you which we um, gotten excited about actual the plot I mean I know when you oh yeah well the, you can't for all the outrage there and <laughs> what about the outrage? You know, when, when you killed off the henchman. Oh, right. Like, well, yeah. Well, not outrage, but everybody's like, no, you can't do that. You know, it's no, no. It's, n- it's not really a Johnny Quest parody. It's we, we accept yeah. the Johnny Quest world, but you created your and own then mythos. and created yeah. created right. a world. And now we can make good stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and we we like that people um, soap opera it and get excited about <laughs> things that connections that happen and get mad about deaths in the show. It's pretty good for a cartoon that's basically there to be funny. Well, this yeah. last season was just amazing with all the callbacks to the, to the previous stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we sometimes we border on having Darth Vader make C three PO, but we, we try to we try to avoid that. Like, well, it's not planned. crawling up our own ass. I'm going to guess it's not planned out. At the beginning it's or... it's half and half. Yeah, we. You have an idea as to who this guy was and what he's. We sometimes secret. we have a lot of backstory that we've never gotten to. Okay, you know, like stuff going back to like the earliest pitches of the show like oh we knew these guys were connected and we just never get to it and then like third season you do and people go ah they're plotting that the whole time or you know you we overwrite every script so we cut out like 15 20 pages of crap every script and it's usually the details and the backstory and stuff like that and some of the and so stuff- hints of it end up you know like just little whiffs of it end up in an earlier episode and then we finally get around to hitting it on later and it just seems like we're exceeding it yeah these these long cool. versions become <laughs> canon like we'll discuss all the great stuff we want to do with each other include none of it but now we know <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but now we know all you this know information yeah. so people are like wow they really plotted it out no we just excluded it and put it in little bits and, and people think we're being clever and giving them a little bit of information we're being um, editors and putting back in our material when we can. Okay, so uh, what can you say that where where you're going to go with season four that won't be spoiling too much? But obviously you're here. For uh, we, it's the same. We're, it's moving, the same no, journey. No, we, we move I mean. forward though. More more than before. We we I did think. make a slightly conscious effort to, to jump the shark to um, <laughs> well to to map out where we want to go and see if we can get it get it moving. So it. I guess we are actually upping it. It's going yeah. to. It's going to, going to move yeah. even. But like char- characters have actually evolved this year. And yeah. Changed since. The well, last if you think about it, season. Hank and Dean were like Bart Simpson. They would just come back every year, the same age and the same thing. But they were clones. Mm-hmm. So now they're not clones anymore. So they're they're coming back, growing up, which is kind of a weird thing to do, especially for our designers that have to remember that like <laughs> Dean's a little taller and. Hank's hair grows every episode. It's like it's 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 a hard thing to do, but we're we're trying it. Most proud moment in the series. In the series, in the, in so the, far, oh, so far, yeah. I'm we're not, really proud of the Mars thing. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. The Mars. I'm really proud of our second season premiere because it was felt like it was like a big jump what, forward. What is the one I'm proud? Of, very confident. I'm proud of the the third season <laughs> premiere with the the panel. The, oh the, right, right, the Thirteen. Right. Yeah, because one, it was, it, there were only Jackson, James, and I did all the voices, and you never get that sense of like there's not enough people in it. It was a, it was this weird compact episode that takes place primarily in a room. Yeah, and it's a lot of talking yet. When you watch it, you get the sense of that was a really sweeping episode, but it wasn't. Yeah. So I, I like it that we, uh, uh, I like it when we fool ourselves into thinking we're making an action show, but it's not. It's just chatty, you know, 
my dinner with Andre bullshit. That's that's what I like. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard from David Bowie? No. No, and oh. we would boy, love to. So bad. I would. I would even love to be sued by David Bowie. I just want. To, <laughs> I just want. To, I just want to end up in court with David Bowie. That would be like. And from the defense, like Santa would go. That's Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor. I just want to apologize in person, to, man. So apologize. I just want to say this. Station Station is probably the greatest album ever made. Just, <laughs> let, me, just let me get this out. I just pissed on myself. I, yeah. It's, it, it's, um, we, we, we do this loving, weird Bowie tribute. You know, Bowie's not Bowie in our show. He's like this, this magical, mythical yes. version of the Bowie mystique. And um, if he would just register that, like... And he's a shapeshifter. These so two knows. Yeah, he yeah. could... He's that might could just be a guy who picks to be Bowie. All just, the yeah, time. like it might but not be Bowie. Really, yeah. No, <laughs> we don't know. I don't want to be Bowie anymore. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, no. If he would just at least just register that, like we are loving him publicly and weekly. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Even a letter from a mom would be fine. It's like a little handwritten kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, my husband just really loves. Him. Or Duncan. Anything yes. I, I well, went we to see his moon movie. We know, yeah, we know, yeah. We, we know he watches cartoons. He lives, you know. he lives down the street from me, David Bowie. Does he really? I have, I have sat, you know, uh, stood in a line with Iman pushing like a stroller with a little Bowie kid taking candies off the thing, and I'm I'm picking and him bodega. up. Yeah, I'm picking him up, and I, I just want to go. Oh, your husband is like the greatest <laughs> ever. I just, just wanted to say, and I like the short hair. You never need to put the wig on. I think it looks great because you know she has her head really short. Beautiful woman. Bowie's great. We're, I'm sorry, we just love yeah, Bowie. There's no way he's not a supervillain. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way he doesn't head up the Golden Clown with intent and probably a lot more. Instead of season four? No, okay. Well, we think. We, <laughs> it's not a spoiler. It's that's love for David Bowie. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we, we know you got a panel. And we, and we, we thank you for your time. That's wonderful. You're and, welcome. Uh, we'll sign up. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure meeting you guys. Very nice meeting you. And so I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna give Rick a visual, and see. No, no, no. there's something I Instagrammed because for the life of me, I really had not realized this connection, in Venture Brothers. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that either. Yeah. You know, he had so many faces, though. No, I know, but it, but it was just as soon as I saw the picture of him with the eye patch. He also works with uh, what's his name. Uh, the albino. Yeah, is the thin white duke. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that one I knew. Yeah. And didn't Billy show up as Ziggy Stardust? He cosplayed once. Could have been. You know, so, I mean, I, I know it wore it. But, but that was like, that was the hidden Bowie in Venture Brothers to right. me. And I was like, holy crap. In fact, two people tonight just liked it because I said that I had no idea until... <clears throat> Oh, Goodson. It was, that was just, it was just, I decided to just shoot. I didn't shoot any footage other than that. It was just perfect. Ah, uh, long. All right. Anyway, so, Bowie, anyway, I was saying the Dave Foley had a Christmas special I'd never seen, and he brought the ghosts of Bing Crosby and Bob Hope back to life. And they did Little Drummer Boy, and Dave, but Dave Foley sang 
a very instead of peace on earth, a variation on scary monsters, <laughs> <laughs> alongside Bing Crosby, and it was it it was hilarious. Like, but it, but it was sort of like he you know, Christmas time. It was still worked. It was like, yeah. where do the monsters go under <laughs> your bed <laughs> to steal? And it was just uh, hilarious. And then Bing Crosby kicked him in the balls. Are what you is, still there? Bing what, would what never act his, out in a violent uh, manner. His, he used to slap him, or Bing Crosby apparently used to uh, um, slap uh, Gary. Yeah, yeah, allegedly. And then, ironically, <laughs> when Malcolm Jamal Warner hosted Saturday Night Live, they put him on the Crosby Show and had him being abused by Bing Crosby. And now, now the joke still works either way. Really, it's. Right. Although, hey, come on. We were both quoted, uh, dual quote in the Mercury News last week. Yeah. Call yeah. out. Because he, well, no, he quoted one. Of, he, I right. talked to Saul. He couldn't remember which one of us said it. Right. I right, said, right. are you kidding? It's such a Rick thing to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so he just said, one of them said. <laughs> so I like that. Okay. Nathan. Ready when you guys are. We're ready. I'm going to point to you in three. Two, one. Ooh. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, oh. sorry, sorry, sorry. I just want to, I really want to do a, a good mic check because I really just heard you. Yeah. So let's hear you now, Nate. Test, test, test. Top story. Bowie. This may be a long conversation. Still want to keep us overall down to an hour. But other than Bowie, but any other Bowie perspective, add in. I okay, expect you're all good. conversations. You're good. Yes. You sound a lot program. better this week. Are you on a table or anything? Is there no. more light in the room, or are you doing no. a headstand? Yeah. No. Did you blow Same your nose? Set up as every other week. Did Mary Jane touch something? No. Okay. No. It's the duck lips. That's what did it. Okay, Derek. Yes, I'm here. I'm. I'm going to read some of Rick's DVD collection: Space Battleship Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Okay, we're good. Yes. And me. Yamato. That's a little too loud. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Nate. Ready when you are. This time for sure. In three, two, one. Oh, listen up. Jump in your time machine and join us. Right in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Dave Gosta. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you. We have a special bumper tonight. From the past. Yes. Ryan you, we have a special bumper tonight from the past. Let, let but in the them meantime, take us out. Otherwise, it's a hat on a hat. Okay. Let's see. Can we, can I, do I have a place to cut this? Okay, so. We can do it again. No, I can do it. Okay. okay. And I'm Rick Brettsnyder, and here are Jackson Public and Doc Hammer. And just say, here are our special guests. Because then they say, hi, I'm Jackson Public and Doc Hammer. Okay. And I'm Rick Bretzinder, introducing tonight's special guests. Does that work? That'll work. Okay. Now it should be... Or someone else... Uh, we're letting someone else take us out. No, I... I 
And now a blast from the past. And now a blast from the past. We'll do it live! I'll write it, we'll do it live! Shut up. (laughs) So that Rick can end it so we can get One hell of an outtake. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, and here's a blast from the past. Okay. Hey, Nate. Guys, enjoy Labyrinth. Thank you. Enjoy a linguisa corn dog. Ah, uh, yes. I may. I'm not sure. We'll see. And tell everyone I said hello. I will. <laughs> Paul, unfortunately, can't be there. I just said to I'm like, dude, you plan the best events, and then and why you do you? You're there? always the one that has to be home with the kids. <laughs> the kids can watch Labyrinth. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, but they can't be at the bar. Uh, and it's late. So, all right, man. All righty. Talk to you later. All right. Good Bye night. for now, gentlemen. All right.